life can be tricky, making us ask, what was that? Join host Jan Murray and her guests as they explore the that's of life. Welcome to Life After That. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Life After That. I'm Jan Murray, your host. Today, we welcome Grant Trefarthen, and he will talk about his beloved wife, Claire, and their journey with ALS. So, Grant, I just want to welcome you to Life After That, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, Jan. Well, Grant, what can you tell us about Claire, your beloved wife? What can you tell us about her and you and your life before ALS? Well, uh, going back, we we were married 25 years. Uh, we met in South Africa. I am actually South African, not Australian, but I've been here long enough that I sound Australian. But we did meet. <laughs> we did I meet in South Africa. I thought you were too. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that a lot. Oh, you're from Australia? No, I'm South African. Never been there to uh, Australia. Uh, Claire was actually a British citizen, so she was born in England. Uh, we met in 94, and Claire was a very headstrong person. She, she was intelligent. She was a computer programmer, uh, top of her field in South Africa. And we met, we only dated for six months or so in 94. And she said, hey, I can get a contract out in America. I'm going to America. And I'm like, hey, what about me kind of thing? Don't leave me behind. <laughs> so... Uh, we, as I said, only dated for six months, and funny enough, our relationship just flourished. Long-distance relationship flourished from there, and then I had a particularly bad weekend in South Africa. My house was broken into and car broken into and kind of attempted hijacking thing. And Anyway, so I called her oh. up and I said, you know, hey, can you get me a job, you know, in America? And back then, it was a lot easier to get in, and sure enough, yeah, we can get a job. So... Cut a long story short, she came back. We got engaged. Uh, she came back, did another few more months, and then she flew back to South Africa. We got married. A week later, we were both on a flight back to America. And so did you go to Texas that, then because you're in Texas now? No, no, no. We went to Cleveland. Okay. Went to Cleveland. Um, I bought my first snowman at the age of 30. So I was 30 years old, and I said, right, we're out of here. <laughs> uh, we were not built for the snow at all. So me either. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we headed off to California. So uh, we both got a contract. I went into computers as well. We did exceptionally well. Uh, stayed in California till 2000 and the dot com crash, and then okay. found ourselves both out of work. Uh, and being on a visa, we couldn't get work. We weren't allowed to work because there were so many Americans out of work. Uh-huh. So. The, the only way we could stay was on a, what we call an E2 visa, which was an investment visa. We had to start a business. So we thought, okay, uh, we were actually going to go back to England. And uh, friends of ours stayed here in Austin. I'm in Georgetown, which is just north of Austin. Okay. And they invited us through and we came through and we were like, wow, Texas is so much different to California. I always joke with people and I say, we had to leave California because there's so many foreigners there. 
And they don't know how to respond to that because me being a foreigner, that's bad coming from a foreigner. <laughs> they kind of look at me with this puzzled look. Hmm? Um, so we decided, you know, we're not going to England. We're going to come to Texas. So we started a real estate business in in uh, in 2000. And that was the thing with Claire and myself. We both complemented one another. Uh-huh. That was our business. It was her desk, my desk in the same room. And we worked together 24-7. You know, we when we spent time apart, it's because she went to have her nails done or her hair done. Or maybe I went to Home Depot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we, we were together 24-7. And, you know, through there, we had three kids, three beautiful kids, um, and just worked real estate for 20 years. You know, we, wow. we, we did some things. We traveled. But we were best friends. That that was, you know, it was good. That tells me... You- how special your relationship was because you were able to work together 24 seven and you stayed together still because a lot of people can't do that. Now, my husband and I, we stayed other than going to work where he was, I was and vice versa. We weren't separated hardly ever either. And yeah. uh, Yeah. I I used to joke with her and I said, you know, honey, we got to schedule an argument. We haven't had an argument for so long. Like we really (laughs) have to have an argument every now and again. (laughs) So we got on well. We 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 got on really well. Well, tell me about um your lifestyle. I mean, active, not active, healthy, semi-healthy, not healthy. You know, I always like to explore that with people who come down with ALS and particularly because what I found most people are healthy before they get diagnosed. So what was the situation we, with Claire as well as with you? We were healthy. We were really healthy. If anything, I had the high blood pressure every now and again, and I I know it's all sorted out with diet in most cases. So maybe diet related, but we went to gym four or five times a week, did Orange Theory. I mean, we were fit and healthy. Yeah, we both had a couple of pounds we could lose, but uh, especially Claire, she never went to the, you know, she went to the doctor, but she was on no medication, nothing whatsoever. I, I mean, we were healthy. You know, so what what happened or what began to happen that caused her to have to seek medical attention for something that was going to become ALS? What started happening that led down that road? Stress. Stress, out of control stress, elevated stress for an extended period of time. Okay. That's and 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 it wasn't anything business related. We were doing great in business. Um, you know, health, everything was perfect. Our relationship was perfect. There was uh-huh. no stress. But what happened, uh, as mentioned before, we were on an E2 visa. Okay. E2 visa, uh, without going to all the details, you have to renew it every two years. And as long as you're still in business, not a problem. And we did that for 18 years, renew the visa. Then we had a change in management. The The president <laughs> came into power yeah um, and he swore that he was going to cut down on illegal immigration and legal immigration and we didn't take much note of that so in 2018 the day after my daughter graduated from school uh we wanted to make a trip to south africa 
And in order to go to South Africa, we could go, but we had to have a visa in our passport, in our physical passport, to mm-hmm. re-enter the country. Even though we had renewed our status within the country, we had to get a, this visa. And you can't get a visa within America. You have to leave the country and go to a consulate. So we said, okay, let's pop up to Canada quickly. That's the easiest. We'll go to a one-week vacation in Canada, go to the consulate, get the visa, because we really have approval from USCIS. No problem. We popped up to Canada, you know, gave our paperwork in, and they said, denied. Oh. Just denied. we like, what do you mean denied? I said, we've got three kids at home. We've got a business, dogs, cats, mortgage. We've lived in, in Cedar Park, which is in Austin area, for 20 years. Right. We pay our taxes. We, we do everything. Denied. And that what? was the beginning. Yeah. That was that was the beginning of the you know when you walk away and you we can't go home we can't get back to America. That's so but, you scary. Know, we yeah, <laughs> you know you you call the kids and hey kids, uh, mom and dad are not coming home. My son was only sixteen at the time. You know we we're not coming home. We've got to figure this out. So that's where the stress started. Um. And I'll cut a very long story short, but uh, after a month, we figured out, well, Claire being a British citizen, she technically doesn't need a visitor visa. Maybe we can just get her in. Mm-hmm. So we were we were up in Canada. You know, we, we only packed for a week, you know, summer clothing, uh, walked her across Rainbow Bridge after six hours of interrogation. Oh, dear. They interrogated her for six hours. Uh, they let her back in for one week. One week only to check on the kids. And then she had to leave again. And we said, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, not to them. <laughs> you know, once she got in and they let her in, I said, you know, honey, you, you're not leaving. So I was denied. I was completely denied not coming in. Um, that after, I mean, it got to the point that I was actually going to run the border. I, I said I exhausted all options after three months. You know, if you ever want a weird feeling, Go to a strange country, have a backpack, and know where to go. That's I'm appalled <laughs> that it, that even happened or was happening to people because I don't think anybody knew that that was happening. Everybody just thought about the Mexican border. That's all anybody that, thought about. That's I had no idea that people who were been here for decades and were paying and business Texas. owners and had children were being kept from. I I don't understand that at all. And, and, and a lot of people think, oh, you must have a criminal record. I said, yep, I've got a speeding ticket 10 years ago. Oh because my I actually goodness. pulled I pulled an FBI report to try and validate why I could get back in. And on my FBI report, there was a speeding ticket from 10 years ago. It was just short of 10 years. So apparently it falls off after 10 years. And that was all I had. Um, so what was their reason so, for denying you? I don't understand. Well, I, an attorney eventually called me back and he said, Grant, he just wanted to call me and tell me that they've had a string of denials out of the Toronto, out of the American consulate in Toronto, a string of denials. And they put it down to when Trump said he's cutting back on legal immigration as well. He didn't want people coming on H-1 visas and all these different work visas. So that was, you know, how we, we got word back to say, you were just caught up in this, that they, they're cutting back on 
visa approvals for work visas. And we were just caught up in that. And, you know, that was it. And, and as I say, I was going to run the border. Eventually, I exhausted all options. All I wanted uh -huh. to do is get back, sell everything we had, and leave the country. Uh -huh. I was I was not happy. Um, Claire got back in. Uh, I eventually ended up having to go back to South Africa because when I was going to run the border, I got caught in the worst snowstorm in 37 years going over the Rockies. Oh, dear. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Winter came in early, so it was a whole adventure, you know. But I never I, – I got upset every now and again, but I always looked at it. My life was never threatened. I always had a warm bed to sleep in. I always had a hot meal. It was an inconvenience. So I looked at it differently. Claire, on the other hand, going back to her, she she's stressing out because now of she's home. She, is. Mm -hmm. she went after one week, she went illegal. So now she's being worried about, you know, they're going to come looking for her, they're going to arrest her, or they, you know, uh, the kids used to call me and say, Mom is stressing out. Mom is stressing out. And even though we were financially, we were okay for like two years, you know, that I used to say, honey, just go to gym, go back to Starbucks, go just relax. You know, she was stressed. She was of really Of course she relaxed. was, yeah. And um, I, that's that's what started it, I think. The, the elevated stress for an extended period of time. And well, stress will kill you. I, It'll yeah, do all kinds of I, things to you. That now, now I understand that. Now I really understand that. You know, the, the so what happened is after six months, I went back to South Africa. You mean um, you were still in Canada for six months? Yeah. Or oh, four months. Four months in Canada. Oh, my god! And then, then my visa was running out, so I had to leave Canada. I didn't want to burn bridges. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> never be allowed back to Canada, so... I landed up. I said, okay, let me go back to South Africa. Um, I will, I won't say what I did. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I eventually got a visa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> we will leave that out. I, I got a visa to come back to America. Um, and which was a miracle. You know, that was, you know, I'm I'm not a, a super religious, go to church every weekend and, you know, read the Bible back and front. But miracles happen through this whole oh, journey. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Miracle. We've got so many miracles. And that was one of them. That was one of them. Uh, getting the visa that day. The lady that I interviewed with, everybody said she was denying everybody. And anybody that's ever been through this process, they make quick decisions. And as as you stand in line and you hear people, as you get closer and closer, all you hear is denied, 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 denied. And I had my whole big, long you know, package story ready. And she looked at me. She said, the reason for visiting America, and I said, I'm going to visit my kids for Christmas, which is true. And she looked at me, and she tapped away at the computer, and she looked at me again and said, are they American citizens? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, approved. And you know, there was intervention that day. So sure. anyway, I came home after six months, $60,000 later, and six, six months later, I came back home.
but I believe the damage was done with Claire. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were both emotionally drained. Our business was gone. You know, no more business, no more income. She was illegal. My driver's license expired. I couldn't get another driver's license. So we were driving. Hers expired. Um, so we were driving with no driver's license. We, we couldn't do real estate anymore. Um, we just went quiet and went underground uh, for a year. Because my eldest daughter, when she turned 21, she could sponsor our green card. Ah. So we went quiet for a year, but still the stress was there. Sure. Um, the stress was there that then things changed. But what happened in, so that was 2019, we were at home. And I was working on the house because we knew we were going to sell the house regardless. Uh, we could do without the heavy mortgage payment, which we didn't have income. But, you know, we so we worked on the home, stayed at home, and went underground. October 2019, my daughter turned 21, my oldest daughter, and immediately we put in the paperwork for the green card. That was right at the beginning of COVID. If anyone was following the news, November, December, COVID started. Right, right. And... COVID to us was actually a good thing. For for in our, you know, obviously it was a bad thing, but for in our circumstances, it helped us. Right. Uh, we, we we put in our green card application, and then of course uh, the, the government shut down all processing of visas. Yeah. Uh, but in the that December, our first indication of something was wrong with Claire. Is she went for a flu shot like she did every year. I didn't. I didn't like it. You know, that's another whole conspiracy yeah. theory. We won't go down. Yeah, <laughs> I avoided it. I avoided it. But she went for her flu shot every year, and that December she had the flu shot and she had a reaction. Her whole arm swelled up, like it went red and hot, and like what on earth is happening? Hmm. But we didn't know. And she started having leg cramps. Just that okay. night, you know, oh, you know, low magnesium or whatever. That was the first sign something was wrong. And I'm assuming that she had never had a reaction to the flu shot in the past. Never. Okay. No, never had a problem. What I say, my belief with ALS is an excuse expression, but there's no other way for me to explain this. There is a shitstorm going on inside your body mm-hmm. that you're not aware of. I completely agree. There is something, it doesn't matter what your outside physique looks like, it's what's happening inside. Mm-hmm. And that was brewing with Claire. And yet again, another foreign substance was injected into the body mm-hmm. and a her body reaction to it. Uh, that was with the flu shot. Not there's, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the flu shot. Right. You're just saying it added to insult to injury that was already occurring that you didn't know about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And of course, the leg cramps, you know, and we didn't take any notice of it. You know, it's magnesium. You know, everybody goes through the same thing. Right. You know, you kind of brush it off. The last thing you think about is, you know, ALS, of course. Uh, We were still unemployed. We had no medical no medical insurance, uh, waiting for our green card. 
and then in I think it was January. Uh, January we went for our first neurologist appointment. We thought let's go see. Um, I think end of January. We said let's go see the neurologist, and we had to pay sixteen hundred dollars for that appointment because no medical. Right. And we didn't realize he he referred us to another neurologist. Um. And then I'll back up again because right at the same time, we got the letter in the mail. Congratulations, you have preliminary approval for a green card. We're like, okay. wow, that's quick because we took it. Well, we thought it's going to take a year, but because they shut down visa processing for anybody outside the country, remember, no visas were being given because of COVID. Uh-huh. Our green card application was accelerated because they got nothing better to do than to process our application. Right. Uh, pending interviews. And we're like, oh, no, we don't like interviews. Uh, the, I think it was only a month later, we get another letter in the mail. Congratulations. Here's your green card approved. Interviews have been canceled due to COVID. These were all the little miracles that started happening. That we, yeah. You know, that we're just like, wow, this is great. Now we can get medical again. Now we can get a driver's license again. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're not going to get thrown out the country. Yeah. So, uh, um, fortunately, you know, I, I was still bitter. I was bitter because here we are law-abiding people, paid our taxes for 20 years, and we've lost our business. We've lost, you know, I haven't lost yeah. everything. Still good. But I'm like, there's a great thing called Obamacare. Because guess what? Mommy and daddy are not working anymore now. So we've got no income. So we we were able to show enough income that we could get on Obamacare. So we got the best medical out there. And if, if there's anything I can tell people, and I, and I do try and tell them, be prepared. Be one step ahead of this disease mm-hmm. all the way. And, 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 and be prepared that if you have to file bankruptcy, at the end of the day, you're prepared to. Don't get, don't be caught off guard. Uh-huh. You've got to fit your head all the way. And so anyway, we got the best medical we could get, free of charge, thank you, Obamacare. And we could now go see the neurologist. Uh, the first, so we got our, our, our green card in March, right after March, we saw a Dr. Hussain in Austin. And, and this is March down, 2020, right? 2020? March 2020. Yeah, okay. March 2020. We go see this Dr. Hussain. Uh, still appointments are limited because of COVID and all these good things. So we go down there, see the first appointment, and we read in the notes. Nobody said anything, but we read in the notes possible ALS which was upsetting because we we were just going through the notes online, you know, in your portal. Right. Nobody's seen it. And that, that blindsided us. Of course. And of did. course, now you start thinking about Lyme disease and all these different things. Right. We went through testing for all that. Yeah. And it was, we actually sold our home that we were in. Beautiful house in Cedar Park. Moved into a home here in, in Georgetown. And, and, and I'll tell you real quickly about that is the unexplained, the unexplained, let's put the unexplained. 
we had a home, beautiful home, uh, built in 1995, 4,014 square feet, and it was a pier and beam house, wow. which is unusual for a home built in 1995. When I was still in Canada, uh, and because Clay and myself were both licensed agents, anything that came on the market, we knew we were going to be selling. She went to go look at the house. She went to go look at the house. And she looked at this house in Georgetown while I was still in Canada. And she told me how beautiful it was. That's our house. And the time I got back six months later, this house was off the market. And we contacted them. They said, no, they're no longer selling the house. Huh. Anyway, a year later, we sold our house. Now in April of 2020, we sold our home in Cedar Park. And we contacted the people here in Georgetown. And he said, no, nope, they're not selling. A week later, he calls us back. And he said, God spoke to him. Come look at the house. And you so, got the house. Here's a weird thing. The house is built in 1995. It's 4,000 square feet, four, four square feet smaller than our other home. Mm -hmm. And it's also a pier and beam, it's all, which is unheard of. It's a pier and beam home. You know, the, in, in Texas, you don't get pier and beam homes that often. <laughs> <laughs> At least up architects. So just the, the 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 weird coincidences that were happening. And and even through that, even Claire laying in bed the one morning, six months prior, uh, she's laying in bed and she buys a center island for the kitchen. And I'm like, honey, what what, what on earth are you buying the center island? She says, No, that's for our home we're gonna buy in yeah. Georgetown. <laughs> that was six months before we bought the house. Before so, he even said he would sell it to you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 that's that's one of the grateful things that we we did well in real estate that we were able to buy the home and not have a mortgage. Wow, that's that awesome. Was, that was a saving grace. That was really a saving grace because we didn't know what was wrong with Claire. Right. We moved. We moved into the house on the fourth of July that weekend, twenty twenty. On the 6th of July, the Monday, we went back down to the neurologist. We just thought another appointment because we hear that it takes up to two years to diagnose you. With ALS. Now, sometimes we got a very quick diagnosis once he well, let me know he was having symptoms. But some people, it does take a while. Ours was three months. The first ours was about was um, ours was probably three months from the time we yeah. actually seriously started looking at it and finally got to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I was actually upset with the neurologist because, you know, I'm hearing up to two years and I'm thinking he's jumping to conclusions. Yeah. How, how can he make a diagnosis so quickly? And and I didn't know at the time, but I know now, that Claire's symptoms were so accelerated that all the signs were there for at least for the neurologist to diagnose her. Did they do know. the needle EMG with her? They did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You they can't have a clean so, EMG if you have ALS. Yeah. And and so I was upset with him thinking he's jumping to conclusions mm -hmm. without knowing that was the first sign that her ALS is aggressive. It's really aggressive. And it was a fast moving. Even though it was you know, limb onset. But, you know, I like I said, I've seen a lot of women, and whether it's bulbar or limb onset, if it's a woman and they're not 
heavy, if they're slim and healthy, it goes so fast. And who I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. It just, it, it, you know, and, and the one thing I'm grateful for is the, you know, the, the website, the groups, uh, ALS patients. What's that group? Um, caregivers and patients. Oh, the cows, widows, and the, oh, the ALS caregivers the, group too. Yes, I was the, a member of that a, as well. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I really climbed into that. I'm like, okay, fine. We, we're going to beat this thing because now I start hearing about people that have beat it. The, 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 uh, uh, healingals.org. I don't know if you ever heard of that site, healingals.org or mm -hmm. all the people that have, you know, uh, done reversals or, or have reversed their symptoms, at least halted their symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I started researching and I just spent hours and hours researching. Fortunately, uh, COVID had shut everything down. So the kids now that were now at college were all back home and we were all at home. We were all here able to look after Claire, which I'm so grateful for. You yeah. know, the, uh, you know, even old Trump, as much as I have this love-hate relationship with the guy, decided to give us $1,200 each because we were self-employed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. I'm not thanking you. you know? <laughs> so we, we, we got that. I, I, I was using the system. Uh, you, you have to humble yourself. Yeah, that's, that's what, right. Uh, I, I'm a very, you know, proud person. And no, I'm not going to get food stamps. You know, who am I to get food stamps? And it's, you know what? As long as it meant that I could stay at home and look after Claire, I got food stamps. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know, our, you did, our you do what you have to do to survive. Absolutely. And take you, care of the person. You got to swallow your pride real quick. And, yeah. and that's where my whole outlook on life don't ever judge the person that's under the bridge. Right. Until you, that homeless guy. He's not some homeless bum. He, he's a person, and he's there for and a reason. And something happened Until, to lead him there. You've got to look at the whole story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Don't ever judge that person. Um, you know, my, I've had a complete change, even just before Claire passed away, you know, spiritually. You know, my whole, I won't say my whole belief system, but a good chunk of it has changed. Mm -hmm. Oh, my, I'm still, uh, I still have faith. I'm still a Christian, but I'm not fundamentalist. I'm very uh, more open-minded. I would say liberal. Uh -huh. And I have truly, truly changed the way I feel and think about a lot of things. And thankfully I've found a, it's actually an online church. It's based out of Nashville, several hours away. And that yeah. online church means the world to me. And uh, it's very different than anything I've done before. And I could not go back to the way I used to be. <laughs> I, no, I couldn't. You know, uh, um, my sister spoke to me. She was She's very spiritual as well. And she spoke to me uh, oh, 12 years, 13 years ago when my dad passed away. And she told me some things. And I'm like, man, she is smoking I don't know what. But there's no way, you know, like this is just crazy stuff. What she's telling me, I'm like, I'd, I'd hate to say, but she's right. She's right. And, you know, I've gone a lot further than she's gone. Uh, it, it's it's wonderful. You know, it, it's just, 
you know, if people told me before, even with ALS, start watching the near-death experience things. There's hundreds of them. I watch YouTube. them every time. I watch them all the time. I'm all, I'm all yes. into all that stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know whether I should tell you stuff that, you know, even what I experienced personally last week. Just maybe that's another conversation. I don't Listen, know. I can tell you, I, I shared this a couple mm -hmm. of podcasts episodes ago that still hasn't streamed. Um, I still believe that Bill makes contact with me at certain times. I have numbers that come up on clocks that just are repeat. And it's like, when I can feel he's around. My mother yeah. passed away uh, a couple of days after Christmas, this last Christmas. And she was really struggling to let go and to cross over, quite frankly. And my sister and yeah. I had been there for a couple of days with no sleep, sitting beside her. And we both had kind of dozed off. And suddenly I woke up and I said, did you just say that mom was gone? And she said, no, I didn't say anything. And I said, well, it was a man's voice. Did somebody come in here? She said, no. And I kind of nodded off again. And all of a sudden it happened again. And I said, it just happened again. I lo we looked over at mom and she's still breathing but we knew she was probably not there but trying to move on and she was yeah. just really struggling to let go and i looked up at the wall clock and looked at my phone clock and i said well it's uh 4 my numbers are 4 13 or 4 it's always a 13 or a 13 reversed my birthday is yeah. actually 4 13 actually and um okay. Oh, it was it? four coming up. Yeah, Thursday's my birthday. Yeah, we won't talk about no? the age. <laughs> and so it was um it was 431 on the phone clock, which would be more accurate. And I said, Well, Bill's here now. I said, Bill, and I just literally I said, Bill, could you help mom cross because she's having a hard time? And in that moment, she took her last breath and was gone. And go. I just wow. believe he was there. And uh, so her time of death was 431. And oh, wow. my daughter, I yeah. called and woke her up, her and her husband up and let her know that her grandma had just passed. And she was crying. She says, Mom, she said, this makes sense. I said, what makes sense? She says, well, I've been wanting to have a dream about dad ever since he died. And I never have. And I just had a dream about dad. And he was like he was right here. And he told me, he said, everything's going to be okay. And it was at 431. Oh, wow. And, and wow. I said, well, that's the moment that he helped your grandma pass over. So there we go. You no, know, no, you're talking to somebody that totally gets I, it. Totally my gets world it. has been blown wide open. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll come back to that. I'll come back to it because, you know, what happened with Claire Everything lined up perfectly. Mm -hmm. There were so many miracles all the way through the, our, our journey. Yeah. I mean, down to, uh, you know, the one night we forgot to plug a trilogy in. We, we literally, because we took her to the wheelchair, to the living room, back to the bed, you know, in the right. bedroom. And uh, we forgot to plug it in. And I woke up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning because somebody, something was practicing acupuncture on my big toe. I'm like, what the hell is going on with my toe? I'm having needles stuck in my toe. And I'm like, and I wake up and I turn around. waking and you up. 
I look at her at Claire and, and the trilogy, and both the batteries in the trilogy are both exhausted. They are flashing red. Still working, but they're both flashing red. The trilogy was about to shut down. And I yeah. kind of climbed out of bed, walked around and plugged the machine in. <laughs> just silly things like that. Just it yeah. just went on and on and on, you know, all the way through. You know, it it wasn't what we wanted at the end of the day. But I do believe, you know, the Bible somewhere says God has a plan. Sure. Um, I believe in a version of that. Yes. I, I, but there is a plan. I'm not upset with God to to why it happened. I, I, I And I encourage people. I don't know if there's two books out there. Journey of Life. Is it? The, uh, not Journey. Journey of the Soul mm -hmm. and Destiny of Souls. Destiny of Souls. Um, Michael Newton. Is it? Yeah. There's the, uh, Michael Newton. He wrote both those books. I encourage people to read them because it opened me up to. I wasn't angry with God anymore. I understood why. I this went happened. through anger. Uh, but yeah. Bill and I buried four children that okay. died not long after birth we had our firstborn then we had a set of triplets and my two children that are now grown uh are adopted but i went through a lot of anger for all yeah. of that and um and then him being what i consider to be one of the best human beings to walk the earth why did he have to go through what he went through so i had to work yeah. through a lot of that but i don't I don't think God makes things things happen. These things just happen in our world. I mean, and he finds a way yeah. to make good. And a lot of good has come out of all of it. I can look back now and see the good. Oh, absolutely. That, you know, you it's you can't see it when you're going through it. But when you go, when you look back, you're like, well, and if that hadn't yeah. happened, this wouldn't have happened. And then this wouldn't have happened. And this wouldn't have happened. I totally am happy. I love my current career and I may I'm pretty much financially broke most of the time but I'm pretty I'm a pretty happy person uh I'm yeah. doing I'm living adventures that I wanted to do my entire life that I couldn't have done before but I mean I jumped out of a plane a couple of years ago and thought it was the best thing I ever did in my life oh wonderful and I was getting ready to do it again but now I decided that I want to learn how to scuba dive so I have my first scuba diving lesson go. this weekend. I'm going for certification. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, so I just, yeah. somebody told me today, they're like, well, you're crazy. I'm like, no, honey, I'm living. Life is no, too short. I, life, I am sorry. I am going to live and be happy and, and yeah. do what, I, what I'm what i able to do. So I'm always looking yeah. for adventure. So. Yeah. You <laughs> I know, I, closet, I took my kids. A closet, uh, what do you say? Adrenaline junkie. I'm a closet adrenaline junkie. Yeah. I, I took my kids back to South Africa for the first time. Okay. And uh, I, I got involved with the ALS community in South Africa. Okay. And we, we're very fortunate here in America that we, we get all this equipment. In South Africa, they're not so fortunate. They yeah. don't have the base. They don't have coffers machines. They don't have BiPAPs. They can get them if you've got the money. Right. But your insurance is not paying for them. So this is just one of the good things that I put the word out onto the widow group. And I said, hey, anybody got that cough assist or BiPAP or whatever? And I landed up taking six bags. In, in fact, I even had to 
Tamil son, I had to use him as a mule because uh, I couldn't take six bags by myself and get through customs. You know, I'd, I'd be right. a target. So right. I said, Rock, to my son, I said, he's coming to South Africa. He's a mule. He can only take a backpack of clothing because the rest of it is going to be medical equipment. Because so I wasn't going to declare anything. I'm walking right, right through customs right. with it and giving it to a lady in Cape Town that she's heading up a loan closet. And I can honestly say it saved lives already. You know, of course. It, 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 it helped people already. Immediately when we landed, the first equipment went out. So these are all things that, that the good that has come out of it. Um, you know, with, with Claire, she lost her voice within a year. Yeah, my husband did uh, too. Yeah. And, and, and fortunately, I always read ahead, be prepared. So we did the voice banking. Yeah, see, you that know, didn't and, exist when Bill was first diagnosed. Yeah. It was developing, so we didn't get to do that. Right. And 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 it almost, I won't say annoys me, but when I tell people, you've been diagnosed, go and bank your voice now, mm-hmm. and they don't do it. You know, Yeah, people go into denial. It's denial. Yeah. And you won't believe how uh, that's helped me. I, I've got a, yeah, you know, back on my bed there, I've got a little teddy bear. My son gave it to me for Christmas, and it's got Claire's voice on. You push the oh, little button. That's precious. And it just says, I love you. You know, I and, wish and I had that. Course. Absolutely. And that's uh, I, I can't people. remember Bill's voice. I, I found a, a little tiny yeah. recording on an old video cassette months and months ago, and I actually found an old video camera at a Goodwill type store and ordered a replacement battery offline and luckily it turned on and I said I don't even know what's on this tape so it started playing and there was some of my daughter when she was a toddler on there and then all of a sudden there was Bill and there was his voice and at first I was like is that Bill? I mean I literally I was married to the man 34 years but I couldn't remember his voice Mm-hmm. And I still yeah. don't. I have to really work at it to have that memory. I wish yeah. I had what you have. I have I have Claire saying, good morning, my darling. It's time to get up. Good night, my darling. I love you. And it's precious. Absolutely That's precious. wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, so, uh, you know, I encourage people to do that. Go and do it now. Don't wait. Yeah, you don't know, wait. Don't wait. I try to you get know, people to get the equipment they need right off the bat. Don't wait. You know, Absolutely. it's hard to get yeah. sometimes. It's hard to get. So, you know, yeah. try to we, get it. We, we ordered the wheelchair, everything that I read online, you know, and when somebody said. For your lift, wheelchair, coffices, all those things. Yeah. Absolutely. Get it, get it up, get it ready, you know. And I know it's a big psychological thing for it is. You're the person. So the wheelchair I almost hid it away <laughs> for a few months. You know, we, we hid Bill it away. Fought you know, the wheelchair. Right. Yeah, you didn't. And like I, I don't yeah. like seeing those wheelchairs now. Though I don't know if you have that reaction. I even five and a half, almost six years out. If I yeah see someone in that type of a motor wheelchair, it messes right. my psyche up a little bit, and I have to look away and go the other direction. I can't quite deal with yeah. that still. I I don't. I can deal with it. Um, I I fortunately. Before a few months before Claire passed, I said, "Let me," because you always hear of people once they pass, they they lose the reservation, they leave the reservation, as I say, can't remember, can't do this and that. So, I I formulated a plan 
with a clear head months before. Okay. And I said, this is what we're going to do. And I cannot deviate from that plan within reason mm -hmm. because I'm thinking with a clear head. So when it all happened, you know, I knew what I wanted to do and what, you know, the kids and we were going to take a vacation because they were all at home during COVID. So we were all looking after Claire. Um, we we actually went, have you ever heard of um, Matt Fraser? He's a psychic medium. He's got I have heard that name. I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matt Fraser. So this actually, and I'll back up. So Claire passed away on March 10th. Uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon, I had to remove her ventilator, and that was a hard decision. I'm sure uh, that it, it she actually passed uh, pronounced at twenty after three. Uh, it was peaceful. She had the last three weeks she was in a coma, you know, in 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 a sleep coma as I call it. She wasn't you know lucid. Uh, that morning when I woke up, I, I said to her, you know, she was, she was going to heaven that day at about lunchtime. Now, we, she hadn't opened her eyes for about three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she wasn't eating. So this was the hard part is now she was losing weight. No right. water, no eating. Well, she was actively dying. Anyway, she was done. at that point. And, and it was it was hard on everybody. That was the most difficult three weeks um mentally. Mm -hmm. Mentally three weeks. At about noontime, my daughter was in the room. You know, she she was she never went, she always stayed at home. My, at noontime, my daughter came sorry. It's okay. She, yeah, she kept running through to the kitchen because we were all in the kitchen. And she said, Mom's got her eyes open. Eyes are wide open. So we all come running back to the bedroom. And we're all standing around the bed. And she looked at us individually, individually for a while, and a big tear rolled down her eye, her face. Big tear rolled down, and she closed her eyes again. That was it. That was, you know, and at a three o'clock, we eventually had to, you know, remove a mask because she was wasting away. Of course. And the mask and wasn't really doing anything at that point. No. The trilogy um, is not doing anything, not really. No, it, it's not. And and here's, here's, this is where the weird stuff starts. So that evening... We, I said to the kids, you know, let's take a bottle of champagne. We had discussed it with, this, with, uh, with Claire before that we weren't going to mourn her death. We we're going to celebrate her mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So we never had a funeral. We had a celebration of life party. Join us in two weeks for Grant's second part of his story of his beloved wife and how he's found a way to stay connected.